Okay. Do you mind if I sit down? Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. We're uh, in a series. Um, I'm calling it This Way to Freedom. And uh, I started it last week. We talked about um, what I said was we're going to go in these five weeks over five principles of freedom. Really, whole life stewardship. What do we do with all that God's given to us? And principle number one, if you remember, was that everything we have comes from God. We just talked about the reality that everything we have, our breath, our physical bodies, our time, our natural and spiritual gifts, and our money, our stuff, it all comes from God. God's the creator of all, the sustainer of all. It comes from Him. And I said that the response of the believer the one longing to be mature in Christ to the reality that everything comes from God is gratitude. So you might remember I made myself a bit foolish up here, talking about how thankful I was for chairs, etc. My prayer is that through the week and through this next month, you'll come to an encounter with the reality that everything you have is a gift from God. And gratitude is the worshipful response to God because of that reality. Um, This morning, uh, principle number two, I'll just lay right out there. Everything that we have belongs to God. So principle one, everything that we have comes from God. He's the source of all things. Principle number two, everything we have belongs to God. And it makes us what? It makes us stewards of what God has given us. So as as I was working through this this week and praying about uh, how to present this and And asking God, believe it or not, what would you like to say? God reminded me that uh, the principle applies to me, too. It's one of the reasons I think uh, I encouraged Amanda to sort of shake things up. You know, even the seat that you normally come in and sit at, it's not your seat. You can't pay money for it and be able to sit there forever, okay? We want you to feel comfortable. We want you to feel valued. You are free to be here and sit wherever you want. But this morning, I wanted to illustrate the principle. Everything that we have really belongs to God. The place you sit on Sunday, it's God's place. Do you know another, he, he lets another person use it second service? <laughs> Someday, wouldn't it be... I just had a movie idea. Wouldn't it be great to meet the person who's been sitting in the same seat as you for how many years and just see what God said there? Little chill bumps. This could be fun, but I'm not going down that trail. Anyway, the seat doesn't belong to you. You know what? The church doesn't belong to me. I meet with pastors every week, and they always want to ask me about my church. It's just the way we talk, right? It's not my church. It's not my building. It's God's church. Everything that we have belongs to God, and it makes us stewards. This sermon time, it's not my time. It's not my time. And so that's why Amanda said, I'm going to make you a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to make you do anything weird. I'm just going to ask you to participate this morning. I only prepared half a message. Because the Lord told me you brought the other half. You know, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, when you come, everyone brings a word, an instruction, a revelation, a tongue, an encouragement. You brought the application this morning. I can't wait to hear it. So I'm going to encourage you as I'm going to take the... The first ten minutes or so in monologue, one person with words. And then I'm sitting here today because then I want to enter into dialogue. 
that means at least two people with words. And you're one of them. So uh, Molly Maddox is going to be our roving reporter. She's going to have a microphone. And in just a couple of minutes, uh, we're going to apply the principle, everything that we have belongs to God. We're going to apply it to our time, our natural and our spiritual gifts, and our money and our stuff, our resources. And you're going to do the application. Look at my notes. Uh, if, you, if I could move my notes, you'd see there's nothing on the second page. Because I don't know what you're going to say yet. Okay? So I'm going to take about a few minutes and just establish the principle. It's in the Bible. It's true, whether you like it or not. And then we're going to apply it together. So let's pray. Lord, I am so thankful that this isn't my church. I am so thankful, Lord, that I am not responsible in the way you are for this church. But, Lord, I thank you that I get to be a part of the stewardship of this place and the leadership of these people. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you created each person who's here this morning, uniquely gifted with breath and body and time, with resources, with influence, with wisdom, and with experience with you. And I ask in the name of Jesus that as we look to the scriptures that you would reveal your heart to us, and as we look to one another, that you would reveal your ways to us. Our desire, Lord, is that we would walk out this morning as transformed, wholly surrendered people with hearts of gratitude. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So there's the principle. Everything that we have belongs to God. Some of you, that's real easy. You just say, yeah, it's great. I, I, I live like that. No problem. And some of you are thinking, yeah, I live like, no problem. I think it's a great concept. But the, the implications of that haven't hit you fully. And some of you are here this morning, you're thinking, I never even heard of this concept. I mean, what's mine is mine. What are you talking about? So I just want to look to the scripture briefly and just show you that the principle, it's, this is truth. This is a truth that's one of the markers the, on the pathway to freedom in your life. It seems a little bit of an odd concept that I'm saying, here's a marker towards freedom. You don't own what you have. But it's the ultimate freedom when you realize that you're a steward of what God has given you, and he is ultimately responsible. It makes our job actually a lot more easier. (laughs) It's just obedience. We just have to listen to God and do what he says. That's our opportunity as as the children of God. Psalm uh, 24, 1, that's what the scripture says. The earth is the Lord's. Has anyone been here been anywhere other than earth? Astronauts? Space shuttle? Not talking about the 60s. <laughs> or the 70s, 80s, or 90s for that matter. <laughs> okay, the earth. That means everything that you have encountered, experienced, seen in the physical realm, gone through your hands, witnessed anywhere, uh, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's just scriptural truth. It all belongs to God. The numbers in your bank account, what they represent belongs to God. Your spiritual gifting, that incredible natural or spiritual gift you have to whatever that is that you enjoy and you see God working through. Your time, this time, that you've actually surrendered to say, I'm going to go and be with the people of God and worship the Creator. 
This all belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. I don't have to give much commentary. This is just a truth that we get to run into and recognize and acknowledge. Everything that we have belongs to God. He made it and it's his. First Chronicles 29, I'll spend just a few minutes here. It's one of my favorite Old Testament passages. If you've been here for a couple of years, you've heard me talk about it. Because I love the corporate nature. First Chronicles 29, it's the people of God celebrating their offering. It's the people of God. It's uh, right before David's about to, uh, um, to die. He's passed the kingdom to Solomon. They're, built, they're going to build a temple for, for God to dwell in. A, place, a God's house. And the people give this elaborate offering. Read First Chronicles 29. It's just elaborate offering of silver and gold. And not just money and stuff, but their giftings. The craftsmen, the musicians, the, the priests, they all work together and they give themselves and all that they have to, to, uh, to God in this offering. Here's what the scripture says. The people rejoiced because they'd offered so willingly. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, and here's David's uh, sermon in a prayer. He says this, Blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. You see what David's saying? The whole kit and caboodle. It's yours, God. We gave all this stuff, but we're just remembering, remembering the reality. Yours is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty. And if, if those items were a little too ethereal... Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth. Yours is the dominion, O Lord. That means rulership. Lordship. And you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. Remember, we talked about that last week. Even the ability to make wealth is a gift from God to you, his child. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might. And it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. And finally, here's the kicker. He says, now, therefore, our God, we thank you and we praise you. He's praising God. He's not turning to the people who just gave the offering and saying, thanks, you really dug deep. Way to go. He's thanking God because he realizes the reality. We uh, thank you and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from you, principle one, and from your hand we've given you. Principle two, imagine everything that you own, your time, your body, your relationships, your gifts, your money, your stuff, your house, your cute little dog. And they're all in the hand of God. So that literally, when you come here on a Sunday morning and you give your time away, you take from God's hand and you give back to God. Because everything that you have belongs to God. When we give our tithes and our offerings, it's not like I created this and now out of my big heart I'm going to give to God who really needs it today. It's just not the reality that the scripture shows us. God doesn't need your money. What he longs for is what your money represents. Your heart. Your whole self. Your surrender. 
He loves it. And the picture is this. We give from his hand to his hand. Because the undergirding reality, everything that we have belongs to God. Can you imagine the freedom of that? I mean, you, you some, I sometimes go into my house and I think, this place is a mess. I got too much stuff. It's good to look around and recognize this all belongs to God. God, what would you like to throw away today? <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good idea, isn't it? God, look at all these riches you've given me. Whether you live in a, a one-bedroom house or a mansion, or you're living on the street right now, you've got something you walk around with, and it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to God in a God wants to take your last dime, like Robin Hood, you know, the bad guy in Robin Hood. Not, not like that. But it's a gift to you. It came from him, and even in your care, it belongs to him. He can't wait to see what the two of you get to do with it. Your time, your breath, your body, your resources, your natural and your spiritual gifts. So if everything that we have belongs to God, then that makes us stewards. We don't use the word a lot. I mean, we might use the word in the airplane, right? Steward or stewardess. Because the words come to mean a person who uh, manages the uh, sort of the, the service of a group of people. But originally the word steward was the title for a person in a king's palace who would bring the, 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 uh, the wood and the fodder, the food and the water. I'm glad that worked out for me. The food and the water to the king. He would bring what belonged to the king and present it to the king as a gift. It didn't belong to him. He was a steward. He gave what was God's to God. He gave what was the king's to the king. It became uh, the, uh, the, the term in New Testament times for that person who would care for a whole household. The steward of a household was like the owner in all respects except for ownership. They stewarded. They were uh, in charge of. They got to make decisions about what happened with the stuff. The time, the servants, the people, the wealth, etc. And so if God, everything we have belongs to God, then we are stewards of God's creation. We are stewards of God's gifts. Everything that we have comes from God, belongs to God, and we're stewards. And the natural response of a steward, having received from God and caring for what God has, is this. It's surrender. It's surrender. It's the daily surrender that says, God, just as a reminder, so we got this square between us, it's all yours. It's all yours. And so you get to pray as a steward, a loving, joyful, surrendering steward of God every morning. What do you want to do with all your time today, God? What do you want to do with the gifts that you deposited in me today? What do you want to do with all this stuff? What do you want to do with my money? Where do you want to take my car today? Could you have someone steal it, please? No, no, I take it back. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God for what he's given me. The joyful um, response of the believer is, God, what do you want to do with your stuff today? We're stewards. We're going to spend all next week talking about the requirement of stewardship. So I'm not going to go there for a long time. This is the part where I hand over to you. Because God's here in about 150 ways and places. And so, uh, roving reporter. Thank you, Molly. Yes, Randy, I'm reporting live. From, okay. No, <laughs> we're not going to do that the whole time. Um, here's what I want to ask from you. I want you to come back at me a little bit. Does this bring a question to your mind? How about maybe a verse comes to your mind. Say, Randy, what about? You're allowed to do that. 
challenge, okay? This is dialogue, more than one person talking. I want to hear, what are your questions? What are your comments? What's your testimony related to this reality? What's your challenge? So, let's discuss. Okay, just tell us your first name. Molly will hold that for you so you don't have to miss it. Hello, I'm Deborah, And I just want to share that this is exactly what I feel like the Lord's doing in my life. And I'm waiting on a lot of answered prayer. And it just seems like, how much longer, Lord? But my confidence in the Lord and just my trust and my joy and my peace is growing so much. And just little situations that God's using, like my four-year-old granddaughter and the situation that she's going through and how God's using that. For me to, like every moment I have a decision to make, Um, because sometimes she'll cry, and I have a decision. Am I going to get frustrated or hold her, pray with her, and share with her that Jesus and the Holy Spirit is with her to comfort Mm. her? Mm. And it just seems like that's becoming so part of me, second nature. And I'm dealing with an issue in my body right now, and it's sometimes very hard for me to walk. And I'm like, okay, Lord, why aren't I healed Um, You know, we believe God is our healer, and we should be healed, and we should be prosperous, and, you know, we should have all these things now. But I'm learning that God is in control, and it's okay because I don't know, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust him with all my heart. And I'm so hungry for his word and for him and everything that he's showing me. And it's it's just my life with him is so wonderful now, and I'm so content and satisfied. So for any of you who are suffering or struggling or waiting... The, the presence of the Lord is just, it's phenomenal. And it's just, I don't see how my life could get better. And yet, I have all these things I'm waiting on. Yeah. And yet, there's so much peace and joy. Well, thanks. So That's it. It's great. I mean, your, your time uh, belongs to God. Your waiting time belongs to God. This body that he created for you, this granddaughter that's a gift to you, that's beautiful. And I'm learning to thank him that at least I can walk. Yeah. yeah. I'm not complaining yeah. about the so let me just let me just we, we I, I you said I can't imagine how my life could get better, but I can. So let me just pray for you real quickly. Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus for your healing upon Deborah's body. Whatever it is, Lord, that's not right, that the enemy has twisted or made wrong. We thank you for her patience and her faithfulness. But we ask in the name of Jesus that you bring your healing. So, Lord, release your kingdom upon her now as also a gift of health to her in Jesus name. Thanks, Deborah. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. Cynthia. This morning when I came in, I was a little earlier than I normally am, and I was just sitting here, and I was asking the Lord. um, I got this from Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God is like, where are you working, and how can I join you in that? Yeah. And... um, I basically said the question, though, what can I do for you? And he spoke back to me and said, don't do anything, just go. You always think you have to do something. Who is that about? Not me. It's about you. I'm in you, and you are my legs and my feet. Carry my presence. Be my ministry of presence. And will you just go and allow my presence and my power to work through you? Thank you. 
God's at work. He he starts the message long before I uh, stand up. Thank you, Cynthia. David. My name is David. Uh, a concept, actually, that I began to formulate probably about a dozen years ago, and it just falls into place for this, is the concept of being a conduit, yeah. or if you will, a pipe even. Um, and I, I found myself oftentimes, even beginning my day, just kind of surrendering myself to that idea and saying, Today, let me be a conduit through which flows all of your love, your goodness, your blessings, wisdom, whatever you have for us. But it occurs to me as I'm listening here that um, in, as a steward, if you will, we have power to a certain extent whether or not we're going to allow that, that conduit to get clogged up or not. There's a choice. Yeah. We definitely have a choice there. And I, can, I think that's part of the idea of, of the, the call to enjoin surrender in our lives is to get all of me out of the way so that he can simply put through me whatever it is that he deems appropriate for that day or that place that he's put me in life. And, you know, if you will, almost like a garden hose, he could just kind of aim me and point me to wherever he wants those blessings to flow. But I have to get myself out of the way and just allow that to happen. Great. Thank you, David. That's, it's a great illustration of surrender is getting out of the way. And um, and and so I wonder maybe maybe as you're listening to that you're realizing wow there's a little kink in my surrender hose <laughs> there's a little place where I've just you know how you do that I'm just going to hold this for now I want to make sure I've got enough I'm just going to hold it for now but the blessing of God is that when we surrender and recognize the reality that it belongs to Him boy we see growth we see the, the fertile nature of God's provision through us. Not just for us, but of course for us, but also through us. It's beautiful. Um, all, the, all the way to the, to the back row. Great. Thank you for joining. This would have been so quiet <laughs> without you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christiana. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, I've been really struggling with depression and just a lack of communion with God. And so... We had a family meeting, and my parents were like, what can we pray for for you? And I was like, well, I'd really like a community of people that get it and, like, get the Lord and what he's doing in the earth. And so I just the randomly popped in my head, you should go to Vineyard. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I drove myself here, and just I went to youth group last week, and I just have totally been just surrounded by God's love through other people, and it's been amazing. It's been really cool. And so along with that, with school, I've been really struggling because I'm I go to, I want to go to IHOP for school, and so I'm really struggling with focusing. And when you were talking about, you know, this is the Lord's time, I was like, so I can't think of it as oh I'm not where I want to be. I have to just focus on where I am now yeah. and like let the Lord work in the time that He's given me for yeah. this last year. I yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Christiane. That's that's great. By the way, when she talks about IHOP, she's not talking about pancakes talking about the International House of Prayer. We just met last week, and uh, it's beautiful. What a, what a great lesson for us, no matter the age, to recognize that our time belongs to God. He's really cool with where we are. It's His time. It belongs to Him. And when we thank Him for it, then we, uh, it's like we slow down. We don't have to do everything. We let Him work in us and through us. It's great. Jody. Somebody oh. stop me back here. Sorry. Okay. Someone in the shadows. My, my name is Eddie. Of all Hi. the people, Eddie. Everybody. 
Yeah, well, the thought occurred to me, David, um, and that's, that's good stuff. And as, as God points us different directions, um, the hose can be clogged often by our finances and just not if we don't have our house in order, you know. If we're in debt in a million places, we want to give. God points us to somebody, and then we just have to go, uh-oh, I'm sorry, you know. Um, so I... As I'm hearing this, this sermon and this talk, I just like, my heart's been going out to just our church. I mean, we sort of need money, I think. So, <laughs> I, and, and Randy's really subtle and sweet. And I think, you know, if, if our hearts are, are to God and we give, you know, appropriately, then things will work out. But in the harsh reality, though, is we just need to cough it up and, and you know, pay our tithes too, you know, get over it and, and obey. But, but anyway, yeah, so the idea is um, if the conduit's clean, you know, and we get our bills paid, then, then I think God, in a way, he can use us a lot more. I, I'm not going to own the cough it up line. <laughs> but I appreciate your heart, though, Eddie. Jody, did Jody have one? Yeah. Uh, when thinking about the message, everything belongs to God, the thing that's on my heart is that our children belong to God and they yeah. don't belong to us. Yeah. And so in my season of life of raising kids, um, you know, you hear the scripture, train up a child in the way they will go and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And even in Christian circles, we really hear the message that it's up to us mm-hmm. and what we do. Um, whether we pray with our children before they go to school, if we put notes in their lunch, if we eat dinner together as a family, you know, all of these different things that we can do. And I'm not saying to slack off in any way and the things that God puts on your heart, but ultimately he, they are his children. And so often we come, um, at least, you know, being a single mom for like 10 years, I came under a lot of guilt and pressure that, I wasn't cutting it, you know, we weren't eating dinner together and my kids had to wait for rides and, you know, all this different stuff. But really, God has really shown me how they belong to him and he is faithful. And, you know, as I'm kind of struggling with some certain 18-year-old, as I would love to throw him behind my back and protect him, that God's really just speaking to me that it's, you know, it's it, he is his son and he's becoming a man. And and those are the these are the lessons that he has for him. So... You know, just as they're younger, you know, we look to kids that maybe go astray and we think, oh, what did I do? How did I fail? But really, um, and like I said, I'm not speaking, it's slacking off, but really the our children do not belong to us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jody. It's a great. You want to clap? You can clap. Oh, those are children back there clapping. You know, it, what, what it strikes me, Jody, is that as, as you say that, the, here's the reality. When we can recognize that our children belong to God, then fear doesn't have to be involved anymore. Because as long as it's up to us, right? As long as it's up to us, you feel the full weight of that. You're like, oh, man, if I don't do it right, they're toast. And it's, it's all on me. And I'll tell you, the enemy of our souls and our maturity, the enemy, he loves that. As we take the burden on. Now, we're, uh, Jody's not saying we don't care for them. We're not responsible. We're stewards of these children. We care for them as if they're our own. But God is ultimately responsible. And, we, you know, I just sent two off to college within the last week. Scares the bejeebers out of me. 
Not because I don't trust them, but because I don't trust anyone else. (laughs) But they don't belong to me. They belong to God. And God is faithful and is able to speak to them and, and, and write to where he knows their hearts better than I do. Great, great message. If I pass out or throw up on Molly, I apologize. <laughs> That's why I had her do that. <laughs> um, two years ago, next week, I lost my niece to leukemia. Mm. And it, it rocked my world. I mean, completely devastated me. And even now, I still feel like I'm, I'm trying to get back to, you know, believing and having faith in God. But I guess this last year, God has blessed me more than he's ever blessed me in my life. And the que- I guess my question is, is that I have been so full of guilt that my life is good and happy and complete, and yet she's dead, and I'm watching my brother's life completely fall apart, and yet at the same time I'm just overcome with blessing right now. Yeah. And it's how do you, how do you live, how do you deal with the guilt how how do you have so much joy when somebody else is in so much mourning and yeah. you know basically killing himself but slowly yeah boy, that's boy. why Randy gets to do this part <laughs> he gets to answer that question <laughs> it's a great question and I mean it's it's uh, the psychologist would call it it's the question of survivor guilt you know how do we handle the fact that we live in blessing we live in comfort. We live in relative peace and harmony when there are others, especially when we know them and they're dear to us and they're going through pain. It's a really hard question. And I think that the only response I have for it is it's called obedience. We have to recognize that even those who do things that end up putting themselves in bad places are not ours to control or own. My, my sister died a year and a half ago. We don't know if it was suicide or not. 30 years in and out of a mental health uh, ward. Institutionalized drugs upon drugs upon drugs. And I know the feeling of thinking, I've got to save this one. I've got I to gotta fix this somehow. And just the reality is we, we are not on the earth to control or save people. We are on the earth to worship the one who created, sustained, and can redeem people. So I think a great act of worship on your part is to come before the Lord, your tears of sorrow mixed with your tears of thanksgiving and joy. I mean, what a beautiful offering to God to say, you know what? Here's the pain. Here's my confusion. And here's my obedient worship. Take them all. And I I think God's response to that is to pour out his blessing upon you, his love, his affection. And maybe we'll pray. For your brother, is that what you said? For your brother, redemption on his part. So, Lord, tell me your name again. I'm sorry. Joan. Joan. Lord, I just ask in the name of Jesus, we come together as the people of God, and we ask on Joan's behalf, Lord, would you pour out understanding into her? Thank you for her vulnerability and her honesty. And we ask, Lord, that you'd meet her faith with your favor. And we ask, Lord, that you'd intervene and bring redemption in the life life of her brother and those who were affected by this uh, sorrowful tragedy. God, would you extend your blessing now and continue to give her faith to worship you obediently in joyful surrender. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that question. 
Thank you for I'm sorry I'm out of time. <laughs> if there's more, if there's more, if it's brewing in you, send me an email. We'll, maybe we'll find a place on the website to put just we'll start a dialogue about what it means that everything belongs to God. It's not just testimony. Yay, team. It's also the heartache of reality that we have to walk in. But I'm just so thankful for God uh, to God for the people that are here and the couple hundred that will come in the next service that are encountering the reality that everything that we have belongs to God. I want to take one more minute before communion um, to speak to anyone here who, uh, who recognizes that they don't have a relationship with God. I mean, here's, here's the fact. Whether you know God, love God, are currently worshiping or believing in God or not, you belong to him. You belong to him. Psalm, uh, Psalm 100. Do I have Psalm 100 there? Shout for, the joy, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. This is the word to you this morning. Know that the Lord is God. There's a creator. You're not an accident. He decided to create you. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Boy, this morning, if you, if you don't know the reality of God in your life, here is the reality. He created you. And I'll just I'll say the bad word through your own sin, the place where you veered off from God's perfect will. And we've all done it through your own sin. You sold yourself into slavery to the prince of this world, the devil, Satan. And he's got an ownership over you right now, but you belong to God. And so, you know, what God did from heaven is he sent a rescue mission. He sent Jesus fully man and fully God to this earth to bring you out of that bondage to the enemy. And he was so intent upon it that he died on a cross and gave his own life for you. And you were the payment. Jesus was the payment for your sin. And so it's like the transaction for your freedom was started by Jesus, paid in full. But the transaction for eternity isn't completed until you say, I'll take it. I want to be free. So if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, you feel the weight of your own sin on you. I'm going to ask you now if you'd want to complete the transaction and say to Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for pouring out your blood. Thank you for surrendering yourself to me. I want to surrender myself to you to be the sheep of your pasture. I haven't given you a lot of time, but I'm just going to ask, is there anyone here this morning? And that's right where you are. Anyone here this morning, I won't embarrass you, make you stand up. I just want to see your hand. If you're here this morning and for the first time, you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Is there anyone? Okay. Boy, if you're on the verge of that and you're on the journey right now, we bless you. We're just so thankful that you're here as you consider faith. And if you're here and you are living in the benefits of what Jesus has done for you, you recognize salvation, that you've been redeemed, and that even everything that you have now is all a gift from God and belongs to God, then when you come to communion this morning, you're coming with thankful surrender. Maybe there's a place in your life you realize I've just kinked the hose a little bit. I've owned something again when I'm supposed to steward it. Then this is the time when you just get to say, God, to God, I'm sorry. I give it back to you. So the communion servers can come forward. 
If you've given your life to following Christ, then this is your opportunity to thank Jesus for what he's done for you. Come forward, take a bit of the bread that represents the body of Christ broken for you and dip it into the wine or the juice that represents his blood that covers your sin. There's wine on the, uh, what is it? There's juice on the inside uh, stations and wine on the outside. So uh, when you're ready, please come forward. Will you uh, stand with me? During the, uh, communion, someone came to me and, um, and really in response to Joan's question and our prayer for her and her brother and her family. She just said, you know, uh, guilt, guilt is so much a tool of the enemy. And one of the things he wants to do with it is to block us from receiving all that God wants to give us. Because to be, um, to be a bearer of the presence of God, we need to be filled with the presence of God. To be able to give life away to people in need and in sorrow, we need to be filled with God. So I think it's a good word for us to remember. We're, we're talking about the idea that everything belongs to God. But probably right along with that is he's got more to give to us than we've ever imagined. Just because everything we have belongs to God doesn't mean this is all he wants us to have. So maybe some of us today, it's, it's not so much our open hands to give. Those, that's a call on some of us. Maybe some of us, it's God saying, I want to give you more. Because I've got many more people to bless through you. I want to give out my love to you. I want to give out my presence to you. My word, my revelation, my resources to you. So they can go through you to a world that's in need. So let's just put out our hands and go to God. God, thank you that everything that we have has come from you. And we acknowledge it as gift and say thank you. That everything that we have belongs to you. We acknowledge the blessing and the freedom of being stewards of that. Inspire faithfulness in us, Lord, as we care for all that you've given. And Lord, if, if there's more that you want to give in our lives, more time and freedom, more gifting, more resources, Lord. We open our hands to that. And we just say, in joyful surrender, Lord, we will take all that you want to give. And Lord, we will recognize it belongs to you. And we will give it just as you deem us to give it. So Lord, give us wide open hands to receive and to give. Holy Spirit, come and do that work in us that we would be a joyful surrendered people with the hope of the world to give away. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.